I know, you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayer National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. On site here at Sayre National this morning. A beautiful day after the craziness that was last night all across the state of Oklahoma, out here in Western Oklahoma. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to the folks up at Cheyenne. Looks like some uh, pretty extensive damage in parts of town up there. And so uh, we definitely send out our, our, our thoughts and our prayers uh, to, to the uh, Cheyenne community. And, um, man, just, it, it, it's just Oklahoma. And it feels like it's way too early in the, in the storm season for something like that to be happening in, fe- in February when we still got March, April, May coming up. But uh, uh, we, we pray for those folks that uh, suffered the damage um, and and whatnot, and, and really across the, across the state of Oklahoma. The rough night last night, for sure, uh, from the storms. It was a little bit of a rough weekend for the Paragon Sports Schools. Finishing up the, play, the uh, high school basketball playoffs, Class A and B state brackets are set, so we'll talk about those in the second segment. Jim Traber coming up at 9.30 in the third one. Uh, we'll recap what happened over the weekend here right off the bat in the high school basketball playoffs. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, you can stay in touch a couple of different ways. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app, the Paragon app. Is uh, it's got everything. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website. Uh, it hits the website each night Tuesday at midnight. That's thepennynews.com. Also, uh, Big Elk and Paragon TV. Big Elk P- uh, Big Elk TV will be dark for a while. Uh, Paragon TV will just have some uh, radio broadcast available. Uh, we we know for sure we'll have two right <laughs> on Thursday and Friday. And then, of course, the, the championship games on Saturday uh, with the matchups that are there. Uh, I was talking about Sarah National at the first. Once again, they're perfect for, Sarah, for Saturday scrambles. Been able to host each and every one of them. And a common name is up there winning again. Cody Kilgore. Cody Cole Hammond, Jay Manning, and Trey Rios were your winners this week. Big-time golf tournaments coming up. Uh, here 
at Sayre National that we'll tell you about throughout the show as well. Uh, Jared Atha, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Man, I, I'm going to guess, knowing that you were in Prague yesterday, mm, Yeah, it was a little bit of a hairy trip home uh, with all the storms it was going wild. down I-40. Man, it was wild. We knew that was coming. Uh, we were over there all day for some basketball for my kid, and and knowing how they play, we knew it might be a late uh, leave for us, and it was, and we left there about uh, 7, 7.30, and um, maybe a little earlier, and coming down I-40 and just keep an eye on that weather, keep an eye on it, got to Oklahoma City, you could see the the lightning to the west and the wind really pick up and got to about Yukon and listening to David Payne on the radio and hearing where everything's at and knowing, hearing that the there's some tornadic activity around the Union City area, so going to Chickasha the three days in a row, I know very well where that area was, going through Union City, okay, this is where it's at, this is where we are. I still made the decision to pull off the interstate at Yukon at a convenience store and, and maybe wait it out. And then, we, you know, everybody has those group messages with your team parents and everyone talking, okay, well, we're, if you get past El Reno, everything's good. So I made the decision, okay, that thing's going to stay south of the interstate, so let's just go for it to El Reno. And when I did that, and uh, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it, was that a good or bad decision? Because when I did that, the then the rain really hit, the wind really hit, started swirling around, and they were talking about how you kept hearing – it was moving up more north than they thought it was going to, and um, they talks of I-40, and so we were kind of right in the middle of that, so I pulled off at Radio Road, stopped at the Love's Convenience Store there, and let that thing push off to the east, and when we did that, you started hearing talking about that Xerox plant in Yukon, everyone sees when you drive by it, and kind of close to where I pulled off, and I thought, well, maybe it was a good thing to get out of that area and head further west, and then once we got to El Reno and past El Reno, it was clear from there. But, man, it's pretty hairy stuff. And like you said, I mean, there's people right now waking up to uh, with some damaged homes out here out in the Cheyenne area. I saw this morning um, Norman took a hit. Um, so it's uh, a day of cleanup and, uh, and uh, recovery there. But um, pretty wild night. Got home with some white knuckles and some frayed nerves and, Maybe consumed an adult beverage to calm myself down before I went to bed. <laughs> it was it was a wild, wild weekend, man. Just a lot of travel, and you mentioned basketball. A lot of people were on the roads. I was thinking too. It's kind of weird. Yes, we had to drive through that stuff last night, but imagine if that happened on Saturday night. Yeah, you had the entire state traveling somewhere, you know, and for for something, and that would have been very scary. But um, thankfully, I haven't heard of I haven't heard of any injuries or anything. I haven't heard of anything like that. I've seen re- unconfirmed reports of possibly a fatality. Oh dear! In the Cheyenne area. Oh dear! So I hadn't heard that. Well, I hadn't. That just you know. You're, uh, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> just, I hope you're wrong. But uh, we'll we'll keep um, everybody in our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, yeah. so you mentioned Saturday. Uh, Friday and Saturday was uh, was the end of the season for a, a bunch of teams that we cover. Um, only two Paragon Sports teams have made it into the Class A and B state tournaments. Congratulations to Coach Beers, Lady or uh, Hammond Lady Warriors, and Coach Broadbent's Lady Lady Bison. The way the seating works, the way the rankings were, it kind of stinks that you travel up to Oklahoma City to see those two play in the first round. I was hoping that they were going to be split, um, 
but had a feeling that it wasn't going to be that way with the with the uh, the rankings that were established going into the playoffs, and then of course also the fact that they weren't in the same area. It kind of had a feeling that that's the way it was going to be, and it is. And so Leedy and and Hammond will play Thursday afternoon at 4.30 in the first round of the Class B Girls State Tournament. That'll be the only game that we cover the first two days. Obviously, we'll be there Friday night at 7.30. One of our crews will be on hand uh, for the semifinals. No matter who wins, somebody's going to have that one. And then the finals on, on Saturday will be on Paragon TV. And also, I'm sure it'll be cool 94 for the radio side of those broadcasts. But uh, for me, uh, the Big Elks fell on Friday night against Blanchard. Um, it, for six of the eight quarters that those two teams played each other, it was pretty good basketball, pretty close basketball. The problem was the fourth quarter in the first matchup and the first quarter on Friday spelled the doom for the Big Elks. They were outscored, I think it was 20, uh, 24-6 to six down in Blanchard. The other night it was 23-8 to eight at the end of the first quarter. It's just against a good team, it, it's so hard to overcome those deficits. And the Elks got it down to 10 in the uh, late third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter, but just couldn't get it all the way back. And so uh, Elk City ends up 11-13 and 13 on the season on the boys' side with a loss in the regional consolation semifinals. Then Saturday afternoon, uh, a couple of rivals went at it. Uh, Elk City got the better of Woodward in the district tournament uh, a couple of, uh, oh, what, a week and a half ago up in Woodward, 38-36. Woodward got their shot to avenge that loss. The Elkettes... Where Woodward jumped out, and Elk City came back in the second quarter, led at halftime, led going into the fourth quarter. Uh, the game was back and forth. The Elkettes just, their, their, their fatal flaw this season ha- turned out to be, and it has been in, in these close losses, just extended periods of not scoring the ball, and a big part of that is because of turnovers. And right there when it got tight with like three or four minutes to go, seemed like there was three or four straight possessions where the Elkettes never even got a shot up because they were turning the basketball over, still keeping themselves in the game because of the great defense they played and, and not allowing Woodward. I think Woodward scored, they ended up scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter and only made three baskets. Uh, the, the fouls, uh, the, the free throw shooting, though, for Woodward was good. Uh, they took 15 in the fourth quarter, and I think they made 11 of them, or 11 of 14, I think, in the fourth quarter. They ended up shooting 31 for the game. Uh, the Elkettes unable to get themselves to the free throw line as they only attempted. I think they ended up with 17 versus the 31. But it was the attacking style of uh, of what Woodward does that uh, that enabled them to beat the Elkettes 46 to 40. And so now that gigantic senior class. That's, I, I was thinking about that as the game ended, and then like kind of fast forwarding in my mind to next December and looking down on the floor and not seeing those names and those faces that I'm just so used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the last four years, there's a bunch of those girls that, that played as freshmen, and, of course, uh, a ton of them were, were, were three-year starters, Haley and Abby, and then, you know, all on, on down the list. When you got four senior starters, and then you got four that come off the bench as well, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing uh, to have that conglomeration of girls at the same time. So, you know, that's one of my Coach Hamsan uh, said after the game. It's something to build upon. They've laid a foundation for the program, and they, they have that level higher than what they stepped onto when they were young players. So uh, that's, uh, th- th- they definitely left their mark, and it'll definitely be weird not seeing them down there once basketball season starts uh, in December next year. But um, obviously probably 
I, I mean, I think it's obvious. A disappointing end. I don't think that the Elkheads got to where they had the capability of getting. Mm-hmm. But it was always going to be taking care of the ball and, and having enough offense to complement the defense that they played. And it's just at the wrong time on Saturday afternoon that turnover bug bit uh, the brown and white and they couldn't overcome it. So a good season, for sure, a winning season. But I think uh, in their heart of hearts, uh, they feel like they ought to be going to Hennessy this week and have it a chance to, uh, to maybe uh, win on Thursday and then see what happens on Friday. And, of course, if you could figure that one out, then all of a sudden you probably get another shot at Weatherford for the fourth time this year. But it wasn't in the cards, and so the Elkheads end in the regional consolation uh, final with a 46-40 loss to Woodward. What about you? Uh, you were obviously with Canute uh, right. down there on Saturday night. Yeah, they had, they you talk about rematches. They had the rematch with Surreal in the Constellation Championship in area, and winner moves on to state. And we'll talk about those state tournaments coming up. And uh, loser calls it a year. And you know, first time they met up, Surreal got the best of Canute in Cheyenne at the regional uh, tournament. And I think we all knew when that game was played that this game was very, very likely, and that's what happened. And and what happened again was a bad first quarter for Canute, but they didn't wait until the third quarter to try to overcome it. They actually played, outplayed Surreal three out of four quarters, if you look at the scoring, uh, outscoring them 10 to 9 in the second, 8 to 7 in the third, and 16 to 7 in the fourth. But it was a 24 to 8 start for Surreal in the first quarter that just created that deficit that was too much for Canute to overcome. They were really good defensively on their best player, Brady Harmon. She had 40. The first time out, she still had a nice game with 14 points, but 10 of those came in the first half. And um, uh, for Canute, they're led scoring by Destiny Jackson, 15. Senior Kylie Smith had 10. Uh, Taylor Butler had 7. Jade Gray had 3. And um, But I think the difference was, and this was pointed out to me, and it made sense, Whitney McHugh for Surreal, a junior uh, post player, she only had one point the first time Canute played them uh, over in Cheyenne. Asking around, she only averages about three points a game. She's kind of a role player that does different things other than score. She had eight points on Saturday night. So she, she, I think, you know, was that X factor for Surreal uh, um, and for them to move forward. But, you know, credit Canute, when they got down early, it could have been like one of those, okay, we, we just don't have – it's just not in the cards and we can't compete with this team. And they never believed that. And they came out and they did everything they could, fight and, and clawed their way and, and cut this thing thing really close in the fourth quarter just ultimately the clock went to zeros and that was it for the Trojanettes in their season on a pretty good high mark I mean 24 and 6 is uh, nothing to uh, scoff at it's something I kept harping on after the game was it stings now but if you look back it was a really successful season another 20 win season for the Trojanettes you had the West Central Tournament Championship they beat a lot of really good teams in this process um I think Merritt fans hate hearing this, but that's the only loss on their record was to the Canute Trojanettes and, uh, you know, beat a good Rapaho team one time, beat a hooker team, um, took home the Merritt uh, or a runner-up, uh, Merritt Classic runner-up. So there's a lot of lot of uh, accomplishments that were done this year, and Coach Riddling has a program there I think uh, will keep going. Um, but shout-out to the seniors, Jade Gray, Taylor Butler, Kylie Smith. Uh, you talk about players you've seen a lot of uh, playing time. Those three were it, you know, especially going way back the last time they made state. Kylie Smith and, and Taylor Butler were a big reason why they have a, a silver ball, at least, by getting past was a Strother in the, mm-hmm. in the second round. Uh, you know, Taylor 
creating a turnover, and, and uh, Kylie kind of had coming out party for her. She kind of made herself know, like, this uh, this girl's good, and she was good all season. Or all, all, her all four years, she wore the uh, uh, black and gold for Canute. So shout out to the seniors. They will be missed. And I, I was saying this on the drive out of the state or out of uh, Chickasha. My wife came with me, and I said, man, and you could probably reflect or probably relate to this, this gets harder and harder every year. The more and more you do it, and the you see these kids, and you get attached to these kids. You, you know, just like I said, seeing them as freshmen and seeing them grow and become these these fine young women that play really good basketball and and find find people on and off the court too. And that's gonna be missed. But um, there's a lot of promise here for Canute as always. I mean, there's 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 a lot of young ladies that are gonna step into some big roles and. You know, I mentioned a, a freshman, Destiny Jackson. She's going to be one of those that I can't wait to watch her her blossom into a really good player as her season goes on. But um, congratulations to Surreal. I mean, that's a really good team. That's going to be a fun matchup where they get a Karchi, uh, their first round. And then congratulations, Coach Tatum Ridley and the Trojanettes wrapping up their season at 24-6. and six. Yeah, another 24-6 and six season that ended on Saturday was the Arapahoe-Butler Lady Indians. Gosh, just so close over the last – half decade and just coming up short once again in that consolation final of the area tournament 46 38 to van oss uh they blew through the the first two games beating <coughs> excuse me beating strother 58 36 and okeen 49 to 28 got behind it was similar really those two games uh, where the where arapa butler got behind made a run got back in it but just couldn't close the thing as Van Oss trips him up 46-38. So uh, another unbelievable career ends uh, with Katie Edlin uh, there at Arapahoe Butler, uh, one, of the better, one of the better players in the state of Oklahoma uh, for the last few years as, uh, as she ends her uh, career there um, at 24-6, and six, just one step away from the Class A Girls State Tournament. And then also uh, the Leedy Bison. I watched the first half of that game against Goodwell. Goodwell just seemed like they had the juice uh, coming off the loss the night before to Calumet, uh, but they bounced back, and they, they just seemed to kind of have uh, Leedy's number, uh, just the, the things that the Bison were trying to do. They always had an answer for. Big guy down low, I didn't have a program. I don't know his name. But he was tough to stop, uh, and Leedy, they fell way behind. I think they were down 15 at halftime, ended up being down 19 or 20 early third quarter. They got that back. Um, to maybe eight at one point, six or eight. Uh, but then Goodwill just had the, you know, just kind of ran past them in the end. And so the Bison end up 24 and eight, one step away from another state tournament uh, under Coach Carpenter um, up there in Leedy. So uh, congratulations on all those teams on good seasons. I know it's that disappointment of not being able to get over that final hurdle into the state tournament stings, but uh, all those teams were, were, were fantastic. And then, of course, uh, another one's still going the Merritt Oilerettes, into the area finals in Class 2A girls coming up on Friday night as they will get Hooker uh, in that area finals. Merritt has been dominant so far in the Class 2A girls playoffs. Uh, just absolutely awesome. O outside of maybe the first half of the district game against Sayer, they have just been pounding people. They beat Fairview in the regional finals 60-26 to after knocking off Watonga 50-23 to um, in the game before that. Was looking back, I don't think these two have played. Uh, Hooker and Merritt, I don't think they played out at the Merritt Classic. They did not. No. Yeah, they were on the they were they on the side of Canute. In the championship. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that we haven't seen those two teams play yet uh, this season. Merritt comes in at number three 
in Class 2A, while Hooker is the number 13 team in Class 2A. They knocked off Afton 49-30. Uh, pretty good big, pretty big win there for Hooker on, on Saturday night in the regional final as well. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hit what's coming up. Uh, we, we went backwards. Now we'll look forward to the Class A and B state tournaments starting on Wednesday with Class A. Class B will be on Thursday. Hanging out at Sayre National. This is Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Anime. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sayre National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back to Sayre National, Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Not only the Saturday scrambles going on over here in the winter months at Sayre, but also looking forward to the springtime and a couple of big tournaments coming up in April. The first is a two-person scramble. It's April the 8th. It's the it's the Sarah Alumni Weekend Golf Tournament. Two-person scramble. I believe the entry fee is 100 bucks a team. <clears throat> so contact uh, Sarah over here to get yourself in that. That thing fills up fast. It's, it's going to be a good time. It always is uh, with the tournament here. The, after party, the Dean Jackson band normally comes over and plays a bunch of songs. Everybody has a good time out on the patio that weekend there. It's uh, Easter weekend always. And so the two-man two-man alumni scramble coming up the 8th of April. Also at the end of April, the 29th and the 30th, the second annual Bob Classic, the Bob, here at Sayre National. That's a four-man scramble. That baby is filling up fast, so you better get your team in if you want to play in the Bob as uh, it is, uh, it, uh, it's it's just filling up fast, and so if you want to play, you better get on it immediately, if not sooner. We just heard from uh, our friends at Tucker Family Beef. I have done the updates to the picks, and it looks like we have a two-way tie for first with a bunch of people close. Let me make sure that there's just two. Oh, wait a minute. I got Jimmy Clark way too high. <laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> way too high. I gave him too much credit there. Okay, yeah, it looks like Peyton Baker and Coach Ham, Coach Sean Ham, out in front with 24 out of 32. No, there needs to be a coach's division. 24 out of 32. For a softball coach and a basketball coach. Yeah, coaches, come on. They've got too much intel. <laughs> uh, but there's a whole bunch of just regular Joes one game back. Dakota has 23. Uh, Wayne Willard has 23. There was another 23 or so down here, too. I think uh, Nick Baker. That's a tough break getting beat by your wife at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing. Nick's got 23. Justin Jefferson with 23. Uh, 22 for Jeremy Robbins. 22 for Bryce Baker. Tony Loudon with 20. Another 22 for Joey Scott. I got to meet Joey on, on uh, Saturday night up in Woodward. That was cool. I appreciate him coming or just uh, introducing himself to me. Cool. Uh, Sam Green with 22. 
Joe Wynn, 21. Uh, Jeremy Gray, 21. And Billy, 20. Billy, our man Billy Goodwin picked uh, in the Class B, boys and girls, he picked three teams out of the same area. So I guess in a way that guarantees you might get two of them right, but in a way it gives you a for sure loss as well. The bold strategy the bold, might be paying off for bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it works. So now that we have the, the brackets, everybody fill those brackets out. Did we decide just a, a point for each of them, or was it going to get higher? I think a point and a win. Or do we for want every like win? Point first round, two points second round. We've talked about that, but I think we – I think we just, I don't remember. We'll have to go back and listen when we laid out the rules. But fill out all four brackets. Hey, that's not nice, Billy. That is not nice. Is it coming after you or me? Uh, either one of us. It's just uh, he sent a little emoji that had one finger sticking up. I'll oh. let you decide which one. <laughs> I don't think he's saying we're number one. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like that finger. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right, so uh, let's look at the brackets right quick before we uh, get Jim on the horn and kind of go more state and, and national with the conversation. So we'll start out on Wednesday. It'll be the entirety of Class A, and the boys will go first, and the girls will go second. And so you've got the first game of the day, Okarchi and Rattan. That'll be 9 a.m. on Wednesday, all this at the big house. 10.30, it's Texoma and OK. Texoma, a surprise uh, team. Only one person had Texoma in the Class A Boys State Tournament uh, in our picks. Nobody had Drummond. Drummond's there along with uh, number one, Caddo. And then rounding out the, uh, the game, Ceiling and Liberty. Ceiling will go first. Ceiling versus Liberty is at noon. And then Caddo and Drummond is at 1.30 all at the fairgrounds. Then the girls will hit the floor at 4.30. The Lady Cats of Ceiling, dominant in their playoff run. They get Quentin. At 4.30, then Cyril and Okarchi will hit the floor at 6. Oklahoma Bible and Caddo at 7.30, and Riverside and Van Oss will go at 9. So that's on, the, uh, that's on uh, Wednesday at the Big House. Then on Thursday, it'll be all of Class B, and it'll start with the boys uh, in, in this one as well. Fort Cobb and Goodwell at 9 o'clock is the opener. A rematch of the Class B state finals from last year is a first-round game this year at 10.30 with Roth and Glencoe. Buffalo, uh, let's see, Sentinel and Calumet. That's kind of like the teacher versus the pupil with yeah. Tyler and Jacob on the sideline. Sentinel and Calumet at noon. Buffalo Valley and Kenta at 1.30. Then you go up to the girls' games. Hammond and Leedy uh, at 4.30 kicks off the Class B girls on Thursday. 6 o'clock, it's Buffalo Valley and Varnum. 7 o'clock, or 7.30, excuse me, Calvin and Lomega. And then Pittsburgh and Lokiba Sickles at 9 p.m. We'll break down those brackets more as we move along tomorrow and whatnot. Uh, but that gives you an idea of what the, what the brackets are for the state tournament. So we know for sure uh, that as far as Paragon coverage, we know for sure 4.30 with Hammond and Leedy. And we know for sure on Friday, 7.30, uh, with the winner of Hammond and Leedy. It'll be two, uh, two games there that are guaranteed. And that'll be Class B girls will be the nightcap of the semifinals on Friday with the 7.30 and 9 o'clock. Class B boys is the first couple games uh, at 9 and 10.30, and then the A is in between uh, those, those uh, sessions. So I think A girls will be kind of the, the mid-afternoon, and then uh, A boys will be leading into the B girls. It's the way they've got that set up there at the OSSAA. If you're wondering about finals, 
the first final of the day is Class B boys. It'll be followed by Class A girls. Then there's a break. Then it'll be Class B girls at 5 o'clock. Class A boys is the nightcap of the season, or of, of, the, of, the, of the state championship Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. It should be. I'm trying to figure out what this is. All right, let's do my quick picks right here. Just what shoot from the hip picks, and I'll, I'm doing it with a pencil so I can erase it. When do we got to get these in? Uh, obviously before Has Wednesday. Has to be before Wednesday. Right? Yeah, get us your brackets. And the brackets. first game Wednesday is 9, so we're going to, I mean. And yeah, I need to do it by tomorrow probably. Get get it in. Get those. And, you know, when you send in. it, we got a timestamp on the text and on the mess. So if you send it at 8.59, are we going to allow it? I Absolutely. Would. Yeah, yeah. 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 So if you wake up Wednesday and want to make it, or like, you want to wait the last minute. You got time. I would say 9 a.m. is your deadline. Yeah, 9 a.m. Wednesday. Wednesday. When the game tips off, you're stuck. All yep. right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get a hold of Jim, get his thoughts on what's happening, uh, more of a uh, wider lens uh, than what we've been talking about so far this morning in the world of sports. We're hanging out at Sayre National here on a Monday. It's going to be a gorgeous afternoon. Come out, swing the sticks, get yourself ready for golf season coming up in a couple of months. Skinny on Sports. Right here on these sports channels. I know you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. It's in the hole. Hey, welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. We're hanging out at Sayre National. Don't forget the alumni tournament, two-man scramble coming up April 8th, and then the Bob on April 29th and 30th. That's a two-day, four-man, and there's a dinner and a bunch of that goes along with that. I got a question. Saturday and well, Sunday. Why is it called the Bob? Bobby Martin. Bobby Martin. It's named after the Bob, literally. I like it. I'm okay. not even kidding. It. Okay. Hey, guess who's back? Terry Archer. Archer is back. Nice. He's, he's been in Elk City for over 40 years, took a little bit of a hiatus, uh, but he's got a new location, 204 North Main Street. It's on the west side of the historic Casa Grande Hotel. That's at the corner of 3rd and Main in downtown. Uh, Terry will file your taxes, offers payroll and general accounting services for individuals or businesses. Call Terry Archer at Archer Accounting, 580-205-2032 at Archer Accounting. Reliable, knowledgeable, and affordable. Joined now by a man that's reliable, knowledgeable, and at least for us, affordable. It's the <laughs> ultimate Jim Traver. Jim, how are you this morning? <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're trying to. I, I think actually I just noticed that I forgot to read this one earlier and just happened to uh, do it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was. We were kind of watching out the we have a big window in our um 
Yeah, there you go. We have a big window that kind of faces out, and uh, every now and then you just see something go flying by. And you're like, mm, wonder what that was <laughs> as it was approaching. And then even afterwards, you know, a lot of times when the storms blow Hello. through, you there? Yellow. You hear us, Jim? Did we lose him? Did we lose him? You there, Jim? Yeah, I suddenly didn't hear you guys. Well, okay. I don't know what happened. All right. We're uh, back. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're back. We're back. We must. We may have lost here. Uh, I said, you know, a lot of times after those storms blow through, it, it gets really nice. The wind calms down, but not last night, man. It was still howling hours after those storms blew through. I know, like three o'clock in the morning, I was hearing it out there getting after it. So, but um, it's, it's beautiful today. At least it is here, man. Really nice, beautiful day, and uh, it's crazy. How does it? How does a day going storm? How does a storm at like midnight Saturday night? How can it be in? Uh, Los Angeles, and then be here like the next day at 8 p.m. That's just crazy. Yeah, huh? This morning it was in Chicago. Yeah. That's how fast this thing is moving. It's insane. I know. It's really crazy, but uh, glad most, I uh, hope everybody's safe and uh, got, uh, a lot of good sports. A lot of good sports going on. A lot of good sports. By the way, you guys are huge Russell Westbrook fans. Why, isn't he, why doesn't the guy play? What's going on? Did you see? Did everybody see your guy sitting at the end of the bench on his little in his little chair? Did, did either one of you guys see that last night? I did not. Uh, I was focused totally on the weather, um, but I noticed that they got beat again in overtime, the second straight game for them with him that they've lost. He didn't play. He didn't play one minute in the fourth quarter or one minute in in overtime. Are you kidding me? I mean, how is that? And and I guess he was pouting about it. So. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I'm going to have to go in there and talk about per 36 minutes about what he's done. That's just crazy. Why they bring him in? They starred him. He didn't play that bad last night either. But, uh, big Russell Westbrook. I wonder where he's going to be next year. You know, because I would be shocked if he's back here because the coach didn't want him. The general manager didn't want him. Uh, it's all up to Paul George. So he's come. Think about this, guys. He's come to the Clippers, and they've lost two in a row. He left the Lakers, and they've won two in a row. So is that just a coincidence? I'm sure it is. I'm sure for all the Russell Westbrook fans, that's just a coincidence. Not not his fault. Nothing's ever his fault. It's interesting to me. You, you made reference to this uh, with the betting markets, that as soon as he became a Clipper, the Clippers' odds got immediately worse. Yeah. Why is that? Can you guys help me? I mean, what? what I It's... Is there any chance at all that my greatest prediction of all time was about Russell being basically a losing basketball player? I mean, seriously. And and people wanted to kill me for that. And I know, listen, he he's a Hall of Famer. We all know that. But there's different kinds of Hall of Famers. There's Hall of Famers that do it because they can put up numbers and fill the stat sheet. And there's Hall of Famers because they do the right things at the right time. And I'm sorry, fellas, without hurting anybody's feelings, he does not do the right things at the right time. But hey, if they brought, if they'd have played him last night, they might have won the game. Why aren't they playing him? I'm just going to keep asking questions to all the people. Why aren't they playing him? Why didn't anybody want him? Why did the Lakers want him out? I don't understand that. If he's so daggone great and so valuable, why are all the no one can answer those questions for him? Yeah, and it's just uh, coincidentally there in the fourth quarter without him, they outscored Denver by nine to send that game into overtime. Of course, overtime didn't go very well. Uh, but it's it, the, the problem for anybody wanting to defend him is you're going to only, – the only tools you have to defend Russell Westbrook are all in the past because right now there's no doubt that you're correct. 
There, there, you, you could argue it. You could at least argue it when he was athletic and he could make, you know, he, he could do things. Now that he's lost that, that, the athleticism that made him what he was, he's just, he, he's, he's a losing, he's a below average player because he still can't shoot. He never made the, yeah. he never made, you know, back in the day with Jason Kidd, when he was a young guy, he couldn't shoot either. But, he, you know, he could do all the other things. Well, he made himself into, gosh, if you look at the all-time three-point list, he's like number three or four. And that all came at the end when he couldn't move, but he taught himself to shoot, to remain in the league. Westbrook never did that. No. It, it, look, he still can play a little bit. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like he's a bum. And, you know, last night he had some good numbers. He did. He did some nice things. But, again, like you said, his plus-minus was minus 10. And... um when he didn't play, they made, made they made a really nice comeback. So I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested to see if the if him not playing last night, what's going to happen with that? Because we know Big Russ, man. He can be. Uh, he can you know he can mope around. And I didn't get to see it. And I'm listening to Skip Bayless, and I guess Skip says that he was down towards the end of the bench, just kind of sitting in his chair. So I, I saw him early in the fourth quarter. And he was up kind of cheering and stuff, but then later in the game, I didn't see him anymore. So I just wonder if he was upset because he didn't play, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What I do know is is that um, the uh, Lakers, they got some play. They, they, their lineup looks better. And the Clippers, I don't know. I mean, they just, they're just kind of rolling around, you know? Who do you like in the West now after, after the trade deadline? I'm sure there will be a couple, maybe another addition or two with the buyout stuff. Uh, but who do you like out West? Gosh, I, I mean, is it unfair that none of it, nobody gives Denver any credit? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, seriously. I mean, they got the best player in the league. I don't care. I mean, look, I think it's probably unfair to say he's the best player in the league because there's players that are better than him. But no one, I mean, he, he's going to get his third MVP. Last night he dropped 40, two huge offensive rebounds in overtime, uh, you know, 17 rebounds. The guy's just absolutely amazing. And I don't know if you saw it. But almost the entire fourth quarter, fellas, he needed one assist to get the triple-double. And you know what he did? He made the basketball play. I hope Russell Westbrook was sitting on the bench over there watching. Instead of worrying about getting his 10th assist, he made basketball plays that were suited for the time. Now, he ended up didn't get an assist, but I don't know if you guys saw it. It was that lob in overtime. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful lob. And that gave him a triple-double. Because you know why? He's not out there for his personal game. He's out there trying to win. I'm I'm not going to give up on Denver. I think it's a team Denver Phoenix. That's what I think. Golden State, fellas, I think they're too far gone. I I just they got too many they got too many injuries. They uh, they can't win on the road. I'm certainly not going with the Clippers. Um, You know, Memphis is a good team. I don't have any idea if New Orleans is ever going to give Zion. You like it, fellas, if you were writing him a check every two weeks. Oh. You feel pretty good about that? Man. Seriously. I mean, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, is he that? He can't play? How long has he been out? That's just ridiculous. And, and they're, they are so good when he is out there. If I was his teammates, I would be getting so frustrated. Because when yeah. he plays, they are a completely different team. And they're, they're somebody that can absolutely be up there and contending. Uh, but, the, you know, now they're barely in the play-in game. Uh, man, to, to your point about Denver, 28-4 and four at home this season, and they're four games in the loss column ahead of second-place Memphis. And so it looks for all the world like 
somebody's going to have to go in there and, and beat them on their home floor uh, at least once, if not probably twice, to be able to win a seven-game series. Yeah, and and you know what, guys? Um, someone might beat them. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to, but I'll tell you, man, they, they got, when with Murray healthy and, and Porter Jr., I mean, they they got a good squad, man. They got they got a really really good team. I would love to see. Wouldn't you love to see Jokic versus Antetokounmpo? Yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be a lot. Which I mean, basically, and Embiid's right up there with them. But those are the guys right now that are fighting every year to win the MVP. And by the way, you know, we speak a little bit about the Lakers. I gotta tell you, man, I'm so sick of watching Doncic cry like a baby every single call, every call that's not made. He's getting ridiculous. He really is. I hope two years from now, I'm not saying the same thing about Gilbert Alexander, but I am sick and tired of watching the dude. He's a tremendous basketball player. I don't know if they're ever going to win. Even even Jason Kidd after the game last night basically said something about it. Mm-hmm. He did. He basically, if you look at what Jason Kidd said after the game, he said they got him grilled up and he was talking about the calls and stuff. He's got to stop it, fellas. He's got to stop it. It's ridiculous. It's gotten out of hand. You know, the Western Conference, to me, it, it, it almost mirrors a little bit of what we saw in the NFC playoffs, and here's what I mean about that. You've got a bunch of teams that are kind of young and up-and-coming but have never done it. you got a team in the Clippers that everybody always thinks is going to do it that doesn't, i.e. the Dallas Cowboys. And then you've got kind of the old guard in the Golden State Warriors, a little bit like the Bucks, that seem so injured that they're not really going to be any sort of force when it comes along here. I think that makes it so unpredictable and so wide open, uh, just not knowing what to expect from some of these younger teams that, I mean, are we really going to see? You guys keep going in and out again. I don't know what's going on. It's weird. But I do like your comparison with the uh, NFC. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's a good comparison if you guys can still hear me. Yeah, we got you. Uh, it's just like the stair steps. It feels like it's always stair steps. I got but- the Max Headroom thing going again. It's all off on me. It's on the okay on Jared's computer. I mean, just talk about that a little bit. We can hear you. We might have to cut him short. Are right, you there? Uh, we've lost him completely. I think. Now I'm oh, back. Oh, now I'm back. Go. I can hear yeah. you now. Again. I don't know what's going on. Are you going in that? I, I like I said. I liked your comparison to the NFC. I have no idea what you said after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's wide open. The playoffs are going to be just unbelievable, especially at the Lakes. You, you either love the Lakers or hate the Lakers, but get in there, uh, you know they'll be fun, to watch, right? I mean, they'll definitely be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clippers, see what's going on with Westbrook. I mean, there's going to be a lot of really, really uh, interesting scenarios. And of course, whether the Thunder get in, which I don't know. I, I think these three games in the Ulster break show a little bit about what's going on without, especially I mean, without Gildas Alexander, they, they're in big trouble. Um, but I'll tell you what, fellas, I've been touting Isaiah Joe for a long time. Dude, play, man. You guys like him? Man, he was awesome the other night out in uh, out in uh, Phoenix on Friday night. Coming yeah. back, I got to listen to a bunch of that one coming back this way. Yeah, and then last and then last night he, he after he had a bad start, and I love it, man. Dagnall took him out of the game. You know, Dagnall he's not afraid to take him out, and then um, he uh, yeah he just comes back in and lights it up. So. They got some good young players. They got a good nucleus. Obviously, this is not their year. Uh, I think for me, it'd be good to see them kind of get down. They can get to probably six as far as uh, lottery odds. And um, I think probably that's kind of where they're going to go. But, 
you know, every time you think they're not going to win, they come back and win. And I don't know. I mean, hip flexors are not very good, so I don't know how long uh, Gildas Alexander is going to be out, you know. By the way, can De'Aaron Fox play at all? Oh, dude. Did you, did you watch him? Awesome. They, wow. Sacramento's that team you keep on waiting to become Sacramento, and it doesn't look like they're going to. Well, they're the Eagles. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe so. That's right. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go that far, but they're the team of, like, you know, Fox is Jalen Hurd. You're thinking, wow, they got a good lineup, but can they win? They're the king. Don't you get the taste out of your mouth about how what an absurd, horribly run organization they've been for years and years? But let me tell you, fellas, they're good. They're just up that. I, I can't wait to watch them in a seven-game series, whoever it's against. And I guess everybody wants to get to the sixth seed. That's what I heard, that the Lakers want to get to the sixth seed. Uh, you can play uh, the Kings. And I'm thinking, okay, you better be careful what you wish for. I understand why. You know, I understand why, because they're young and inexperienced. But, boy, I don't know, man. They're talented. They're talented. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Let's, go, let's switch over uh, to a little bit of softball yesterday. Where you, man, did that loss, did, did the loss for Oklahoma against Baylor really kind of free them up? And now we might see uh, another just dominant OU run, or was this uh, just kind of the circumstances of a, of a one-game thing? I always say that I don't want to go undefeated. I don't know if you guys have listened to me, but I've said this many, many times. I, I do not want to be on a team that goes undefeated into the playoffs. I don't. So I think that was a great loss for them. They lost to a team they probably took, took, you know, took for granted. What, how many times did they beat them in a row? I can't remember. Well, whatever. There's a lot of people they so, beat in a row. <laughs> yeah. So then, I mean, did they run UCLA, right? Yeah, yeah, 14 to nothing. Yeah, and UCLA moved into the number one spot. Am I right? I mean, I don't follow as close as everybody else, but isn't that correct? Yep. That's right. So I think they put out a little, uh, yeah, we're, we're still here. We're still here. We're still big time, so. And I'll tell you what, don't look down, but oh, I see Yep. Now, they're not playing great, great teams for the most part. Man, they look like they've got this, themselves a squad. I could I could really see, uh, wouldn't it be unbelievable? I've been talking about that, saying this before, wouldn't it be unbelievable? OU, OSU, National Championship three-game series. That'd be about as good as it gets, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be absolutely outstanding. At what point do we start talking about Patty Gasso as not only the greatest coach of women's athletics at Oklahoma history, but as the greatest coach in the history of OU athletics. I've already said it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm it. I think she's the greatest coach that this school's ever had. And I know that, you know, people, the football people will go crazy with Bob Wilkinson, obviously, and Barry Switzer, and there's some others in different sports. But no, this, she is, to me, she is the best. She's amazing. And uh, she just keeps it rolling. I like her too, man. I like her. You know, I just, I just, she, you know, she is, she's like a baseball person, only it's softball. I don't know that if that makes it, it doesn't make any sense because I know I'm weird, but that's what she is to me. And, uh, she's just rolling. And then Kenny Gajewski up at OSU is kind of the same way. So what a fun, uh, what a fun spring. Obviously OU and OSU baseball have had a couple, uh, you know, a couple of uh, missteps, but, uh, you know, I think that they'll get better too. So anyway, I, that kid from OSU, you know, there's their number one pitcher. He's probably he's good. Mm-hmm. How about a team giving up, getting beat eighteen to one, and coming back 
and throwing two no hitters. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> exactly. yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That's, uh, that's baseball. No, that's baseball for you. <laughs> yeah, have it's you, also not playing Arkansas. Yeah, you know, it's going yeah, to Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving you, Arkansas and going to play somebody else. So. Have you seen the dude from Mississippi State? Yeah, throws them both both hands. Yeah, one, what ninety seven on one and ninety two on the other. Yeah, he's like ninety seven on the right side and ninety two on the left side. That's I, I don't, that doesn't even compute. What happens when a switch hitter goes up there and they just? He's got a glove. Well, I guess he you got to declare. You got to declare. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah, you can't. Just the pitcher switch. can't. The pitcher can't pitch with both hands during an at bat. So. He can switch from at bat to at bat, but he has to go. I'm going to throw right handed this batter, and then the switch hitter obviously hits left handed. Mm-hmm. So you can't switch in the middle of your bat. Well, that'd be awesome. But still, <laughs> get him down. Crazy. Get him out. Get because him down. O two lefty. <laughs> and then yeah, turn him well, around. Very, listen, I know it. Yeah, very rarely though, guys. You know, the switch hitter might hit two eighty five from one side and two eighty five from the other. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll always be two eighty five and two fifty five. So you can always put him on his weakest side. Yeah. Now there was another kid that did this, but he wasn't as good. I think he'd be like eighty five. But if this kid is what he is, he'll have a great what a what a weapon to have on a team. Yeah, man, that, that is a weapon, no doubt. Hey, is there really a chance uh, go to the, the to college basketball? Oklahoma yeah. State now finds themselves in the last four in. Gosh, they have got to win one of these last couple of games, or are going to have to do some damage in Kansas City. Uh, it's amazing the ups and downs of that team. You know, a month ago we didn't think they had a chance. Then for two weeks they looked like a top. 15 team and now here they are back in uh in the doldrums and, and right there firmly on that ncaa tournament bubble and, and let me tell you something fellas they blew they, they blew that team that is all on them okay i mean i give it up to uh, uh i give it up to uh kansas state uh they got a good squad but they blew that game they made some of the stupidest passes i've ever seen in my life has anybody else seen that or is it just me i mean they'll just be dribbling down the floor and they'll throw it across the floor to like their teammates and they don't even see a guy in between them. I mean, I don't understand it. I mean, just the dumbest things you've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was that was a bad loss. That just was. You had him. You had the lead, and you gave it up on your home floor. The crowd was fired up. My son-in-law was there. He said it was really loud for a while. And then Kansas State, which I give credit to, but OSU blew that game. So now they got to try to beat Baylor tonight or Tech. On Saturday, right? Don't they go two tech yes. on Saturday? I think. Yep, two tech. I don't. I, I don't know what they're going to do, man. I mean, you never know from day to day, from game to game. Heck, from possession to possession, it's just uh, they. They're. they're uh, I don't even know if I can say they belong in the tournament. I mean, I think they probably do, but it doesn't look like they do at times. So we'll we'll see tonight. You win tonight, you probably solidify your tournament. You lose tonight, well, then you're just scrambling because Tech's playing well. Although I don't agree with Mark Rogers and others that say they're like a top 15 or top 20 team in the country. Because uh, they blew that game against PCU. I mean, that, 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 that could have been a win for them. That could have really vaulted them forward. I will say this. Look, this league, there is no way that this league can only get six teams in. Do we agree with that? There's 100%, no way. 100%. I, so, no doubt. you know, West Virginia probably gets in. That's seven. I would think, I, don't, I mean, this league is so hard, you'd think it would be eight, right? Don't you agree? Eight and maybe nine if if the ninth team makes a great run in Kansas City. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the, maybe. It's the beauty and the hard part of this league is that you do have these opportunities to beat really good teams. 
but you also have to beat them because you get a bunch of them in a row, and that can start racking up losses like it has for OSU with four Well, it's in your own hands. You know, you can't ask for anything more, right? You just want it in your own hands. Well, guess what, OSU? It was in your hands Saturday. You blew it. It's in your hands again tonight. If they don't make the tournament, it'll be a shame. It really will because, you know, they're, obviously they miss Anderson a lot, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he he was the he was the – he was the head of the nail, man. He was the dude that kind of ran things for him, and they really, really miss him. But I don't know some of, some of the things that they do. You sit there and look at him like, "Oh, what is going on?" And then, of course, OU. Who can figure them out? You know, I mean, they go up there and get off to a horrible start. You're thinking they're going to get blown out of the gym. They come back and win by double digits. Uh, very impressive. They haven't quit. I still don't think they're any good, but. Isn't it crazy? Iowa State's lost two games at home, and it's the OU and OSU. Yeah, that's it. I mean, OU, if, if they make a bunch of threes, they have a chance to beat you. If they don't, they have zero chance to beat you. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're exactly right. And uh, it just, uh, I mean, it's, ni- it's a nice win. It's not going to get them anywhere. I guess maybe they could get into the NIT, right? I guess. Yeah, but, 14 and 15, so they need to win a couple more games for sure to get above that 500 mark. Uh, to be able to do that. Uh, what, any thoughts? Uh, you know, the the big thing, obviously, the Brandon Miller stuff down in Alabama and then walking out the way that he did. Uh, I know Gottlieb was kind of defending it, that uh, they ran that frisk thing throughout the season. But gosh, Jim, in my opinion, you have to be more aware of your situation. And I don't care that you've done it all year long. With what happened last week and in the, in the controversy and in, in you cannot do that before that game, in my opinion. I mean, I can't believe we were talking about this. I mean, Gottlieb, man. Yeah. I love Doug, but you, you got to be kidding me, man. There's no way to st- – I don't care if you've done it for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I don't care if when he was five years old he walked out and they frisked him. I don't care. It's ridiculous. It, but, you know, it doesn't surprise anybody. No. I mean, our kids nowadays, I mean, they don't even have – a lot of them don't even have any idea what's going on around them. I would tell you this. Brandon Miller probably thinks that he's he's free and clear and everything. When he when he went to South Carolina and played that game, he probably thought, "Okay, I dropped forty one. Everybody loves me. Let's roll. Let's move on." It, it's ridiculous. You you. I cannot believe that there wasn't one person in that team. How about the coach? How about somebody going, "Hey, listen, fellas, I'm not even doing it all year, but this probably is not a good time to do it. We probably shouldn't do it." But nope. Everybody just. Let's it go. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Does it surprise you to one of you guys? Seriously, does it surprise you? No, not at all. No, because no. It, 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 why would it? it? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It, you start the, the first thing you start hearing after South Carolina is, "God, the scouts are going to love his mental toughness." What? Yeah. What are you talking Which, about? By the way, I kind of agree yeah, with. I, 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 mean, think, I, I, I hate to say it, yeah. but I kind of agree with it. When you take away the disgusting thing that he was involved in, and I still think that he should have some punishment. Um, when you take it away, what he did was impressive. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, if I just talk about the basketball, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. The dude has gotten an incredible second chance, in my opinion. And I'm telling you, if I was his mama or his dad, I'd be going, Brandon, listen, dude, just forget all that other crap and just be quiet and go play basketball. That he's walking out and the guy's frisking him on the show. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Now good. I want Alabama to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, exactly right. I mean, that's what is that's what's happening here. It's either it's like literally going to be Alabama against 
when it comes to the tournament because everybody that doesn't wear the, the, the Crimson Tide boxer shorts is going to be rooting against them because of that. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a great player too, but it's, uh, it's just a shame that people, they're not aware of what's going on around them. I, I just never seen any like it. Never seen any like it. Uh, it's just sad to me that we're right here. Uh, the, the loss of a life, it just doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. Nope. Uh, you know. You're right. You're exactly right. You can get killed all the time. That's the way they look at it. That's like uh, they don't even care anymore. That's exactly right. All right, Jim, what's coming up on the podcast today? Uh, we continue the second part of the book. If you listen to last okay, yeah. week, it's book. Yeah, it, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, talking about, um, we did last week about fighting. And uh, this is the second part of the book. So it's pretty uh, pretty good stuff. You know, we all argue in marriages, right, fellas? We all do. Everybody argues. You better be able to argue the right way. And it's still some good stuff. I'm a very, uh, I, I've been at times in my, my past a bad arguer. But I've gotten better now that I'm an old man. Maybe just, I'm just worn out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's tired, just tired of it all. Tired of arguing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. By the way, too, next week, uh, we're going to have Kit Wakely uh, and his wife. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, two-part series that we're going to go tape this week. And uh, he is he's a guy, of course, that does my music and won a Grammy and everything. So and he's an amazing, they're an amazing story. So people are going to want to listen to the Julian Jim Traver podcast. Awesome job, Jim. Thank you so much for joining us here on a Monday. We'll be listening to it, too. All right, fellas. Thanks a lot. See ya. All right. Thank you, the ultimate Jim Traver, joining us. So kind to join us each and every Monday as he does. No doubt about you know that that Brandon Miller deal is just such a it's a sad commentary on the where we are as society that the loss of a young mother's life is almost secondary to a lot of the things of course that we talk about and, to winning, and to winning. A, it's and, ridiculous and and you if you know that people and I try to put myself in like a oh if it was you know we're OU fans if it was an OU player how would we react I think in our in our older years you know if there was a number two team in the nation if OU was a number two team in the nation and one of their best players the best player is caught up in something like that how would we react you know and I would hope to think me here almost forty you over forty you know we would be at the point like listen. A life is lost. This is a sport. You, you know, this guy needs to pay. He needs to pun- be punished, and he's that needs he needs to go through the system and be de- dealt with. I like to think that's how I'd react. But it's easy to rip on the Bama fans because they're defending this guy tooth and nail. Because yeah, it's easy for the, they want to continue their winning season. Well, what if they were like twelve and fourteen? Would they be so boisterous to defend him? Probably not. Probably not. But it is sad. It's sad. A, a mother is gone. You know, yeah, that's just sad to it's me. interesting to, to talk about this right now because last night I watched a 30 for 30 that I totally missed. Uh, it's called uh, What Carter Lost. Have you seen that one? No. It's about the 1988 Dallas Carter oh, high school football yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know about that team from Friday Night Lights. Sure, right. And, you know, there's some things that are different there. But, um, you know, it's a team that eight guys off of that squad – Went and played in the NFL off of a high school team. Yeah. Which is just absurd. But as soon as they won that title, then they had some guys get caught up in armed robberies, like almost a little gang of armed robberies. Jeez. Six different guys went to prison as 18, 19-year-old kids. And the thing that was pretty amazing about that story, when you think about this one, was the reactions from the periphery were all against them 
Whereas right now, it feels like the reactions from the periphery are all for mm -hmm. Brandon Miller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's like a totally different... Uh, it just it, it's a it's a commentary on where society has gone in 35 years. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, and even from the parental aspect of they did wrong. We taught them to do right. They did wrong, and it's on them. They had and but here's the cool part about that story of those six guys that went to prison. Not a single one of them got in trouble again. And now they all, a bunch of them got degrees. They've all, they're all in various levels of, of success in their life, and they have turned it around. So it's one of those cases where it really was a kid making a mistake, but they learned from it. I'm not so sure that would be the same stat nowadays well, if that happened. That because is... they blame themselves. Those kids blame themselves for making those choices. I think nowadays you're going to have kids blaming everything but themselves mm -hmm. and then getting in trouble again. Right, right. It's never their own fault. And and Jim mentioned we hope their you know, his parents would say, Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Clearly that's not happening. Maybe they are, we don't know. But I'm I feel like they're like, No, they're not gonna tell him that because he's a high draft pick. He's <laughs> that's, that's a, another, it's a that's, money ticket. Well, that's that, another that, aspect of it is, you know, his future. Like we can't tell him what to do or we might not get paid. Uh, it, it, there's just a lot Sorry, of that's a little mean, but there's a lot of balls in the air with with the legal system and the way it is. Like Sam said, if a player's possibly going to be subpoenaed for court, probably shouldn't be playing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably you know that's right. That's not probably right. That's exactly it right. It is right. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing: for anybody that wants to bring up, well, he's not legally charged by the court. He's not legally. That's that that has to do with his rights. Playing college basketball. Are going into the NBA draft, that isn't a right. That is a privilege that he's been given because of, been given because of his talent. But guess what? You can, lose, you can lose privileges without losing your rights. And that's where this case is right now. There's no way he should be playing. Great. And then to be playing, there's no way they should allow. I mean, if you're Nate Oates and you've given his, I mean, you, you are getting lambasted across the country for defending this kid and doing what you're doing. And then he has the audacity to come out and, and in the introductions get frisk. What? How does he not just throw him off the? I mean, just for embarrassing in the coach himself. Yeah, it's it's oh. turning a blind eye to a bigger problem. No, no doing. doubt about it's it. It's ridiculous. All right, we're way over time. We got to go. Uh, thanks to Jim Traber here on a Monday for joining us. Obviously, um, Terry Archer, Archer Accounting is back at it. 580-205-0232 there in Elk City. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll talk all about high school basketball. That'll be the main topic of the show. Uh, it's the Skitty on Sports live from Sayre National here today on a Monday on the Sports Channel. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back, goodbye! Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah Nationals, the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. 
Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.